Let's pray and ask God for his help. Let's pray. Almighty God, our gracious and holy Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for this great hope of the new heaven and new earth that stands before us. We pray that we might understand better something of what it will be like, and we pray, Heavenly Father, that you help us to live in the light of it, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've got this uh, beautiful picture from Ruth, and uh, last week Warren showed us a quote from Mark Twain. Mark Twain said, he said, go to heaven for the climate, go to hell for the company. What do you think heaven will be like? Do you ever feel a bit like Mark Twain did? Do you feel like it could be a bit dull, a bit worried about what it'll be like? I mean, the idea of floating on clouds with harps doesn't seem all that appealing, does it? Boring, really. I much prefer the accordion myself to the harp. And, um, and the idea of hanging around with Christians. I mean, such hypocrites, such sinners... A couple of hours on Sunday can already be hard enough, can't it? Let alone forever. Do, do, do you look forward to heaven? Or are you maybe a bit worried about heaven? Worried it'll be boring or you won't like it or something like that? Or maybe, maybe are you so comfortable where you are, so busy getting on in this world, that heaven is something that hardly ever enters your mind? Well, our topic this morning is heaven. Or more precisely, the new heaven and earth. And I hope we'll be able to perhaps clear up a few issues, calm a few fears, hopefully encourage you. I've got four questions for us to answer. Four questions. First question is this. Uh, When? When is the new heaven and earth? When will it happen? And the answer, as you often find with eschatology, and as we found in certainly each of the three talks that I've done, the answer is now but not yet. Now but not yet. There's a sense in which the new heaven and new earth is now. It's already begun. It's begun because there was a man who was resurrected. Around 2,000 years ago, Jesus lived and died, and then he rose again from the dead. He wasn't just resuscitated back to the same life he had before, same life that we have. No, no. He was resurrected with a new new heaven and earth-ready body. And so there is one bit of the new heaven and earth that already exists. The Bible talks about Jesus' resurrection and it says it's a bit like what it calls first fruits, the the first part of a harvest. It's the beginning of the harvest. It's the beginning of the new heaven and new earth. And not only is it the beginning, it's the guarantee. Once you've got the first bit, you know the rest is coming. So the Bible says, Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. New heaven and earth, it's begun in Jesus. And when we are united to him, when we trust in him and the Holy Spirit unites us to Jesus, the Bible says that we participate already in our new and eternal life. The Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, there is the new creation. A sense in which we're part of it already. And yet, of course, we're not there yet, though, are we? As nice as your house might be, or as nice as Chatswood might be, it's not the new heaven and earth yet. And the Bible is clear that we are not going to be in the new heaven and earth until Jesus returns. In fact, it won't exist until Jesus returns. So, question that a few people have asked over the, over the last few weeks. What happens to Christians who die before Jesus returns? 
Do you get the question? If the new heaven and new earth isn't until Jesus returns, what happens to Christians who die before then? Answer, they go to be with Jesus in heaven. They are alive, but they're not yet resurrected. Theologians call this the intermediate state. The Bible talks about being absent from the body or departing from the body and being present with the Lord. So this is Paul writing here. And he says about himself, he says, I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. See the image that he's got there? The idea of a Christian departing from the body and being with Christ. And that is where a Christian will stay until Jesus returns. Okay, but then when Jesus comes back, it's all on. Right? When Jesus comes back, the new heaven and earth will begin. So how's it going to happen? What's it going to be like? What's, what's it going to entail? Well, first of all, Christians will be resurrected. Uh, the dead will come from heaven with Jesus and get their resurrection bodies. They will rise. And then those who, who are alive, if that's us, hopefully, okay, we will be transformed into our resurrection bodies and together we begin our eternity with Jesus. So the Bible says, The Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Okay, they rise. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. At that time, as we saw a couple of weeks ago, we will all face the judgment of God. From 2 Corinthians, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due to him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Okay, we are resurrected. It's not just us, though. At that time, the whole of creation will be totally transformed. God will recreate heaven and earth, a bit like a few families have been doing in our church at the moment, a, a, a knockdown and rebuild on site. The Bible describes it like this. The day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. Okay, so do you get the answer to question one? When is the new heaven and earth? Started in Jesus and it will all come together when he returns. That was question one. Brings us to question two. Second question. Second question. What will we be like in the new heaven and earth? What will we be like? A couple of things to say. First, we will have resurrected bodies. Bodies built for eternity. Bodies that won't perish or fall apart. Those of us who are reaching middle age will really appreciate this one. Bodies resurrected like Jesus. From 1 Corinthians 15. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown, that is buried in the ground, is perishable. It's raised imperishable. It's sown in dishonour. It's raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It's raised a spiritual body. That's what you're looking forward to. An imperishable body. No more things falling apart. A glorious body. 
a powerful body, a spiritual body. No more aches, no more pains, no more body image issues. Won't it be brilliant? I was talking with Roland about it before. It's, and later on we're going to see heaven's like a party, a big feast, but no calories. All right? It's going to be magnificent. <laughs> Won't just be our bodies that will be fixed up, though. The Bible says that we will be pure, pure like Jesus. All our sins, all our struggles will be over. We will be changed into people who are genuinely godly and God-loving. The next Bible verse. When Jesus appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as Jesus is pure. Won't that be great? No more struggle with sin. No more struggle with evil. We will be pure like Jesus. Resurrected, purified. Just one more thing I want to think about, though, before we move on. Uh, And that's this question. It's a question a few people have asked again over the last few weeks. How will we feel about hell? We'll be in heaven, but many people, including people that we know and love, will be in hell. How, How will we feel about that? Uh, do, you think it might, do you think it might ruin things for us? What do, what do you think? Well, the next verse from the Bible describes people in heaven. And these people in heaven, they are responding to God's judgment of the wicked. And here's what they say. This is uh, John talking about what he sees. He says, I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting, Hallelujah! Salvation And glory and power belong to our God, for true and just are his judgments. See what's going on there? The people who are in heaven acknowledge that God has been true and just. And for purified, sin-free people, that is cause to praise God, to shout hallelujah. I have to admit it, as I think about those I know and love who just refuse to trust in Jesus. It doesn't sit well with me yet. I don't know how this is going to happen yet. But this is saying that when I am resurrected, I will be so in tune with God and with his will that I will joyfully agree with what he does, including his judgment and condemnation of those who are not forgiven through Jesus. Okay, that was question two. Alan, would you mind just... uh, Yeah, thank you. (laughs) It sounds more like the World Cup, doesn't it? uh, (laughs) That was question two. What are we going to be like? We'll be resurrected. We'll be purified. No more death or decay. No more sin. Okay, next question. Question three. Question three. What will the new heaven and earth be like? What will the new heaven and earth be like? First thing to notice is that there will be a new earth. Okay, we're not talking about floating on clouds with harps. We're talking about a new earth with dirt and trees and rocks and accordions and so on. Okay, the Bible says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. I have to say, to me, that is good news. Uh, the idea of floating on a cloud with angles, like all those kids were saying in the <laughs> uh, floating on it, it's just dull, all right? Who wants to float on a cloud with a harp? I mean, how good can you get on the harp? But, but, but a new earth, all right? A new earth, I reckon, is much more promising. Uh, but it's not just that there'll be a new earth. 
The new earth will be united with heaven. Let me, let me explain. The way things are now, God is in heaven. Okay? And we are on earth. And you can't get to heaven. You can't catch a bus there. You can't even get a rocket there or anything like that. Okay? You, you, heaven and earth are separate. But then heaven and earth will be together. And the Bible talks about uh, uh, God's, God's people in heaven coming down to earth and God dwelling with us, heaven and earth coming together from our first reading. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, this is God's people who have died already, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband, Jesus. And, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. God with us, us with God, heaven and earth no longer separate. It's a very important theme of those readings that we had today, the, the sort of the big picture of the new heaven and earth in Revelation 21 and 22. It's just image after image of God being with us. No temple, God is with us. No sun, God is with us. Well, here's, a, here's an excellent one, I really like this. Did you notice that the city in Revelation 21 was a big cube? The, the next verse. The city was laid out like a square, as long as it was wide. He measured the city with the rod, that found it to be 12,000 stadia in length, and as wide and high as it is long. So that's a big cube. Why is that significant? What's going on there? Well, in the Old, temple, in the Old Testament, in the temple, the most holy place... The most holy place, the place where God actually dwelled, was a cube. From 1 Kings, the inner sanctuary of the Old Testament temple was 20 cubits long, 20 wide and 20 high. So the idea is this. The, the, the whole of the new heaven and earth will be like the most holy place in the temple. The place where no one could go in the Old Testament. The whole of the new heaven and earth will be like that. God will be there. God will be there in the new heaven and earth. We will see him face to face. We will know him. As the Apostle Paul put it, now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Friends, that's going to be the best thing about heaven. We will see God. John Piper in his excellent book, God is the Gospel, puts the idea very well. He says this, The highest, best, final, decisive good of the Gospel, without which no other gifts would be good, is the glory of God in the face of Christ revealed for our everlasting enjoyment. The saving love of God is God's commitment to do everything necessary to enthrall us with what is most deeply and durably satisfying, namely, himself. I like the way he says that. In the new heaven and new earth, we will be enthralled with what is most deeply and durably satisfying, God himself. God will be there, heaven and earth together. But that's not all. The presence of God is not all there will be in the new heaven and earth. We will also have each other's company. 
Now, before you get stressed about that, remember, not each other as we now are. No, we will have each other's resurrected, purified company. As Paul writes to the Thessalonians, What is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. I want to quote at length now from a bloke called J.C. Ryle, who wrote uh, in the 1800s. There's a book called Heaven, well worth reading. And he talks about what Christians will see in heaven. Have a listen to this. This is what you can look forward to seeing. They shall see all the old worthies of whom they read in the Old Testament, the patriarchs, the prophets, and the holy kings who looked forward to the coming of Christ but died without seeing him. They shall see the New Testament saints, the apostles, and the holy men and women who saw Christ face to face. They shall see the early fathers who died for the truth and were thrown to the lions or beheaded under the persecution of the Roman emperors. They shall see the gallant reformers who revived the gospel out of the dust on the continent and unstopped the wells of living water which Rome had filled up with rubbish. They shall see the blessed martyrs of England who brought about the glorious Protestant Reformation and gave the Bible to our countrymen in the English tongue and cheerfully died at the stake for the cause of the gospel. They shall see the holy men of last century, that's the 18th century, Whitfield and Wesley, Romain and their companions, who in the face of bitter opposition revived religion in England. Above all, they shall see their own friends who fell asleep in Christ and whom they once followed to their graves with many tears and see them with the comfortable thought that they shall part no more. He goes on to say, How glorious shall it be when we shall meet our own believing friends once more, at last made perfect, and find that their besetting sins and our own have all passed away, and there is nothing left in us but grace without corruption. Happy thought, don't you reckon? What will the new heaven and new earth be like? God will be there. All those saved by Jesus will be there. And what will we do? Well, those with young children will be very pleased to know that the Bible talks about heaven being a Sabbath rest. From Hebrews, talking about heaven, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For those of you who want something to do, the Bible also talks about our serving God. Uh, But serving God without the curse, the curse on Adam and Eve. So it'll be serving God more like Adam and Eve served him in the Garden of Eden before the curse. It'll be work, it'll be creativity, it'll be subduing the new earth, so to speak, but without the frustration of thorns and thistles and boredom and, and stress of work in this world. From Revelation, no longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. They will see his face and they will reign forever and ever. God is there. Jesus' people are there. We serve God with joy. Still not all there is to say because some of the best things about the new heaven and new earth will be what's not there. Have a look at the next verse. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. No more tears or death or mourning or pain. Just just enthralled in the presence of God 
rejoicing with our brothers and sisters, enjoying each other's purified company and serving our God with joy. It sounds all right, don't you reckon? Good place to be. But just to give you a bit more of a picture, I want to look at some of the images that the Bible uses to describe the new heaven and earth, some kind of pictures, images. Uh, The Bible calls the new heaven and new earth a treasure. A treasure, that's the first picture. It's something that, um, I mean, you see that in Revelation 21 and 22, the kind of, the you know, streets of of gold or that kind of stuff. It's supposed to be valuable, precious. The idea is it's something like, um, if you knew how good it is, you would gladly give up everything to have it. Okay, Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. A treasure. Uh, In other words, you'll love it. You'll love it. Imagine the thing that you treasure the most. You'd be happy to... Drop it like a stone compared to having the new heaven and earth. There's an author called Adrian Plass, and he writes about how he was very worried about heaven. He was worried he was going to be bored in heaven. Uh, But a friend of his talked about how heaven will be like a treasure. And he said to him, Adrian, what's the best possible thing you can imagine? Adrian Plass replied, scoring a century against Australia at Lourdes. So his friend said, Adrian, for you, heaven will be a greater treasure, a better feeling than scoring a century against Australia at Lourdes. Great image, don't you think? Heaven's like an incredibly valuable treasure. Uh, It's also described as being like a party. Jesus said, I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. A party full of feasting, but no calories for new resurrection bodies. Full of joy, full of genuine friendship, without any of the sin or fear of an earthly party. That one doesn't do it for you. What about this one? Heaven's described as being like home. I I love to go away, but I also love the feeling of coming home, don't you? I know there's one author who described home as the place where when you have to go there, they have to let you in. The place where when you have to go there, they have to let you in. Uh, But heaven's not going to be a home like that. Heaven will be a joyous homecoming where we will be where we belong, where we're fully loved, fully accepted. Jesus said, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Friends, it's going to be great. Believe me, you're not going to be bored. You're not going to be unhappy. It's going to be like, you know that feeling when you've been desperate to buy something you've been planning it for ages all right you've been looking up the catalogs comparing the prices you've been on surfing the internet for ages and ages because you desperately desperately want this thing you're wishing for it dreaming about it you feel like if i can just get it then i'll be happy then life will be worth living then everything will be right with the world you know that feeling 
because it never comes true on this earth, does it? Uh, you finally get what you dreamed of, the new shoes, the new car, the new guitar, whatever it is. But it doesn't live up to its promise. You still can't play. Okay, you still got bunions. <laughs> it doesn't live up to its promise. Uh, heaven will. Heaven will live up to its promise. We will be happy. Life will be worth living. Everything will be right with the world. Friends, don't miss out. Don't miss out on the new heaven and earth, will you? So that brings us to our last question. Question four. How do you get there from here? How do you get to the new heaven and new earth? The Bible's clear. There is only one way. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You want to get to the new heaven and earth, you've got to go through Jesus. You've got to ask him to bring you there. You've got to say, Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross. Thank you that you rose again. Please forgive me for my sin. Please rescue me from hell. Please be my king. Bring me to the new heaven and earth. Be my guide. We've got to believe on Jesus. We've got to rely on Jesus. We've got to trust in Jesus. The Apostle Paul wrote, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you ever done that? Have you believed in Jesus? Are you relying on him to bring you to the new heaven and earth? I hope you are because, because there's no other way to get there. And friends, as I hope you've seen today, the new heaven and earth is where you want to be. It is where you want to be for the climate and for the company and for everything else. Let's pray. Almighty God, our gracious and holy and wonderful Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for this glorious hope that is before us of a new heaven and a new earth where we will be resurrected and purified, where we will see you face to face, where we will be together enthralled in your presence, rejoicing in you and serving you forever. We pray, Heavenly Father, for each one of us here and for all we know and love, that we might, through Jesus, be having that place prepared for us so that we may together be with you forever. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.